Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Around 2.18 on Monday felt like posting weeks of uncertainty over the last few days here in the NFL draft and now we'll all agree on how the top seven plays out by Wednesday night and then what happens Hayden Winks the draft gets turned on its head what happened today where we don't know one two three four five beyond that on some level makes us a very exciting week On the other level, I freaking dreamt about mock drafting last night, and I can't even imagine what's going to happen in the coming three days. Bet long shots. I don't know what to tell you. Like, (laughs) like whatever. I, I, there's no consensus. We learned from the about the Jaguars that it's split between three different parties liking three different prospects. So it's like it's figuring out. All right, who's going to win that? And and then even at number two, like we still don't know what would happen. So like it's it's impossible right now. This is going to be. Uh, pretty much a shit show for the rest of the week, but I'm looking forward to it. Well, let's introduce our guest for the night from 444 Football. A whole bunch of other things, Betsperts. It's Connor Allen. Connor, welcome to the shit show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> how do you feel? I, you, you tweeted out your player card. Now I'll try to find it and bring it up. Your 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 betting slip, kind of of how you've accumulated things over the last few weeks with the 2022 NFL draft. I loved it when looking at it, and so I think. Probably if I can put myself in your shoes, you're very happy that you got in early on a lot of the stuff because hopefully a lot of this in madness uh, will work in your favor. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, I mean, the most topical today was Aiden Hutchinson. I took over one and a half at like plus 220. Uh, that's probably my favorite bet right now because I think I'm pretty at least two out of the three options that you mentioned are, are not Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, and then, I mean, as you also tweeted out there earlier, Hayden Schefter would now be very surprised if it's Aiden Hutchinson. So I, I'm pretty confident in that one. But yeah, some of the other ones I've accumulated like a massive portfolio. This is a, a probably the most that I've ever researched, actually, for the NFL draft and time that I've spent. Um, but I need I need Jameson in a big way to go top 10. Uh, I still profit if he goes between like 10 to 16. But uh, I mean, there was like when it opened up like 15 to 1, 16 to 1, 12 to 1, 10 to 1 for him to go top 10. Uh, which now he's plus 175, plus 125, I think, to go top 10. Like, basically, I think it's like 50-50 at this point. Yeah. Um, uh, and I think that that's like, you know, obviously I'm biased because I would love for him to go there. But I think at this point, I'm looking pretty good on that. I think it was really smart to get in early with him because of the injury, right? And no one knew where exactly the projection was. I'm sure that factored into your brain. But then the closer we get, obviously, speed gets talked up, vertical ability gets talked up. And as long as he was checking out you know, well in his medicals and everything, then he kept climbing over and over and over again. And what you said by the end of it, it's under 14 that you have. Uh, I mean, Atlanta, Jets, Washington, from there to eight to 10 to 11. 
Heck, I keep thinking of a trade up with the Philadelphia Eagles. All of those make a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, even Houston's rumored to be in the wide receiver market. Yep. Now the Giants are trying to trade away Tony and um, the other receiver as well, potentially. I mean, I don't think that they're in the market for Williams, but I, I mean, they could very well take a wide receiver at seven too. So there's a lot of different outs here for, I think all three of those guys to go in that like, you know, kind of four to 12, 13 range kind of. I, I heard Daniel Jeremiah on multiple outlets. He said that he would be surprised if Drake London fell 210 or beyond there and then like the previous podcast he did he said the same exact thing <laughs> about garrett wilson so <laughs> that would probably help you that like all these like they just all go and it makes sense to me because it doesn't seem like there's that much smoke around the quarterbacks going that high like even like a trade up might be like to like pick 12 or something like that and james williams might be off the board so i'm with you on picks or your number three through seven there i completely agree with all oh. those i was late to the party on trayvon unfortunately but i, I feel i feel like you're looking good um with all of them yeah kind of not to pump you up here a little bit but the over one and a half safeties i mean to me that's unbelievable oh like, i mean yeah I've, I've been hitting that for it was like open to like minus 120 minus 130 and it's like minus 300 minus 350 and i keep just wanting to put more and more money on it but i at the end of the day i got to kind of like slow down realize like i have a big sheet of where my positions are and i got to look at that and be like okay i feel comfortable with this relative to that you know like confidence levels Right. Uh, all that so yeah i i mean again i think that both daxton hill and lewis scene i think they both go in the first round to be honest yeah, there was a ton of lewis scene like hype the last few days and daxton hill you know performed really well at the combine a lot of different outs for him he's very versatile i think like anywhere from you know late teens to late 20s i think is a great spot for daxton hill there's like multiple different teams because it's all based on how they are listed on nfl.com right so scientific here with these it is boxes. no and i mean so that's a real thing I mean, it's it's wild. Mm-hmm. So, like, at least Daxon Hill for you is listed as a safety, even though some teams might, or one might even draft him as a corner. So that's all in your favor. Oh yeah, because that's actually how some people uh, kind of got messed up in the pe- previous drafts. Is that the guy would be lifted listed as a safety, played safety in college, and then he'd be announced as a corner. And draft like books used to go off of what he was announced as. But obviously, prior to this draft, I was like, hey, like, how are you guys grading this? And FanDuel, DraftKings, right? Not sure if I'm allowed to no, you're good. there, but you're other books good. are allowed to uh, are all grading them as like listed on NFL.com. So that was, you know, that's the way to go, I think. Yeah, we um, want you to bankrupt those those companies. With yes, these player props. <laughs> take so all of ahead. their money. Go ahead. Do it. Um, we're going to get into rookies and sophomores drafts. Hopefully do two of them in a moment. But there's so much that happened today. I want to bring up a couple. Hayden, we talked about it. the Kayvon Thibodeau news is is massive because and I think we're allowed to since we, you know, suggest and bring up things that beat writers say to also when it goes against things that they've said in the past, that's important context, right? And so for weeks, it has felt like, and maybe it's only been a week in NFL draft time, Connor Hughes, who does great work for the athletic spoke with a lot of conviction that at number four, it was between Icky Iquanu or it was Kayvon Thibodeau. Then we get this from Mike Garofolo, someone mentioning KT at number four, not feeling him at four. I believe he's going to slide. And then almost immediately after that, if I can find this tweet, Connor Hughes doubles down on the notion that usually smoke where there's fire have had multiple league sources mentioned Joe Douglas and the Jets love Jermaine Johnson more so than Kayvon Thibodeau. I believed based on what I've been told, he'd be the pick over KT Hayden. Yeah, and then the, the Mike Garofolo tweet is really interesting because he did not have to respond to that. You know, like he wouldn't <laughs> he wouldn't clap back unless he felt very confident in that. So um, I was on Kayvon Thibodeau inside the top five 
because uh, Connor Hughes and other like Peter Schrager, there was a bunch of reports. And the Lions, when way. we felt like Hutch might yep. be the number one pick. Yep, Chris Burke was mocking it. So I thought at the time, but you ha- in the NFL draft, because everything's so uncertain, to me, you have to be following kind of the the breadcrumbs and he fit a lot of these team needs. But when you get new information, you have to like get off of your old stances. Yep. And I think that this was the perfect opportunity. You have both in, uh, national reporters and team in- insiders. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah thinks that he can slide to pick eight, pick nine. Same thing with Todd McShay, Benjamin Albright on podcast before has kept him outside of the top 10. So I think there's some smoke here. I think you can find like plus 5,000 um, to like ninth overall. Exactly. I, I think that the, the Falcons and the Seahawks make some sense at eight and nine. He could possibly fall out of the top 10 at this point. That's a great, that's a great look. I think it's actually probably the best part of draft season that you can kind of like buy in and out of your positions, uh, kind of based on what you're hearing, because like originally I was on Kayvon Thibodeau over four and a half, like way long ago when all the rumors were like, Oh, he's falling, he's falling, he's falling. And then, you know, all the, the hype started getting reversed as you mentioned. So I kind of started to buy back in a little bit, kind of even out my position to make sure that I wasn't going to be left, you know, holding the bag. Now I'd wish I did nothing, but at the same time, like I really think that there's still a chance that he goes two to the Lions, even if Hutchinson is there. I mean, uh, he got a ton of steam a couple of days ago from some people who know that they love Thibodeau, uh, but do they love him more than Aiden Hutchinson? I guess that's kind of the question. But is it that like outlandish for him to be number one on their board over a guy like Aiden Hutchinson? I mean, I don't think it makes sense, but at the same time, I don't really think taking Trayvon Walker over it makes sense either. Right. So, Yeah, and Connor, there, uh, to me... There's been a lot of connection and smoke with Thibodeau to number two, as we keep talking with Chris Burke and some really great writers around there and linking them. I wonder, just because of trying to read the tea leaves, that for so long from a national perspective, it was Aiden Hutchinson to number one. And so maybe those people didn't ask the questions or seek out Mm -hmm. the information or even try to make the connection of, well, what if Hutchinson is there Mm -hmm. at number two? What does that mean with their love for, for KT when previously it was the KT versus you know, Trayvon Walker conversation. And now most likely we're headed towards the Aiden Hutchinson versus Thibodeau conversation. Um, I also wanted to bring up the Jermaine Johnson point because I believe last stream that we did, it was, yeah, with Amico, it was like over under eight and a half or, or nine and a half for him. When I, I mean, Jermaine Johnson, fantastic senior bowl by all accounts. He is 23.2 as of this moment, didn't produce really until his final season. But I do know that New York Jets, specifically Joe Douglas, absolutely love senior bowl players who go out there and perform and then just bring this back over to Jermaine Johnson. Connor Hughes says, basically, if the top three plays out this way, Trayvon Walker, Aiden Hutchinson, then Evan Neal, number three to the Houston Texans, then Jermaine Johnson almost certainly is the likely pick at number four. Now, we just said... This is very strong conviction. We had conviction the opposite way just a couple of days ago. And not to read too much into this as well, Hayden, but this also points out to me that Evan Neal, if he's there at four, hints strongly at that being the pick as well. Yeah, and then he's also a captain, which matters. Like, there's all these, like, random trends as well, like Senior Bowl. Like, some people like the older prospects. Some are completely avoiding it. Like, going back to the, the cave on Walker getting in and out of positions – it's nice because you have the exact pick uh, props out there right now. And initially it was just like kind of over unders, but now you, if you can just like eliminate certain teams where like maybe like the Cape on Thibodeau, it's like hard to say like what is actual over under is, but like if we do think that there's a chance you go second overall at long odds, you can, you can find that once they adjust. But yeah, for, for, for Jermaine Johnson, it seems like it's just the, the jets. The biggest thing that I was looking at was Jordan Renan before we got these sets of tw- tweets out. He just like 
anonymous, anonymous was just like, I think that Jermaine Johnson's going to go higher than expected. Uh, of course, he's a New York-based writer. I wonder if he got information from the Jets camp, didn't want to put the exact Jets name on there. But like, I don't think that he would know like what the Texans are doing. So I think that there's a little bit of smoke that like that report came out, and then uh, these next reports come out. And this is typically the time where these teams have their uh, their meetings, their final this meetings weekend. this last weekend, and then information starts coming out. And we all we knew Zach Wilson was going second overall to the Jets. I don't know, like two months before the last year's draft. So this camp has typically not kept their mouth shut. So I think that if you can find Jermaine Johnson long odds at fourth, I. I'm taking that. I'm hoping I can just hit that and basically bail me out of my early cave on Thibodeau spots. Yeah. And that comes, I mean, full circle to what you said about Connor Hughes in the beginning, who's been projecting in edge rusher and wide receiver to them at four and 10 since day one has been like adamant that it's going to yep. be those two positions. And then, I mean, right now you're able to find Jermaine Johnson. I believe it's plus 600 plus 800 around that range to fourth overall. You can actually get that exact outlook right there that you had. So like a Walker Hutch and then either Gardner or Neil, if that's depending on how you go at, but if you want to go this exact one, so like a Walker Hutch, Neil Johnson, that's around a hundred to one right now at, at points. That, um, so, I, I mean, that's, I was telling you guys before the show, I think that kind of playing some of these exactas for, I mean, even whatever, like lunch money, you know, it's like can really kind of pan out here rather than going heavy on any one of these positions because I, I just don't think we really know. Like, there's so many variables here about this, but, you know, if you can kind of put some pieces into place and get a good feel for, okay, well, if one is this and if two falls this way, how would three and four go? And so I think this scenario is a great example of that. I, I love getting these in real time. I did, the, <laughs> I, th this is from 5.11 when we were all tweeting this out. Yeah, a follower in Dylan Bishop, the exact four of Trayvon Walker, Aiden Hutchinson, Sauce Gardner, and Jermaine Johnson. That's a plus 6,600. Yeah, the odds over on points bet. We, we keep finding these odds. Price shop, obviously, we might say an odd, and you can find a little bit better value, but we're directionally getting the point. Like, if you, if the if this bet we think is good at 6,600, we obviously think it's good at right. 100 to 1 too. Right. Connor, do you think I'm an idiot for reading into that Evan Neal to three a little too? Because again, Connor previously mentioning a offensive lineman we know that right now this makai becton future seems to be absolutely uncertain and so while the previous name might have been icky evan neal might be the one after these meetings from this weekend that sits atop their board and i also think from a national perspective so many project the texans to take an offensive lineman at three that i don't think that's locked in stone either no i i mean and they've almost been kind of blowing smoke out of their camp like for the last week or so of oh it's going to be sauce you know there's a lot of people who came out and said oh i think sauce is really in play for three now we're hearing a lot about Derek stingley at three uh, i mean potentially as high as him and that, all the way at three i think that'd be a little bit wild but again you know like he has came into the year as a prospect that you know has a lot of potential was a top recruit so i think that that's not out of the realm of possibilities but personally i think that it's probably between neil and nikki i mean that's kind of where i'm at but again like you're saying i think reading into it a little bit that Neil very well could have came out on top there as the top guy. I think the end result, though, is uh, we don't know. Casario's keeping his mouth shut as much as possible. And I think trying to maybe just leak some feelers here to kind of mess with everyone. Yeah, Neil, at least with the Casario coming from the Belichick tree, they kept drafting a bunch of Alabama guys. So maybe that's some type of tiebreaker, but I have no idea. I don't think that Casario is talking in the meeting at, or the media after what the media has done to his <laughs> team the last couple of years. Yeah, I'm, I am totally lost in number three. I am totally lost on number eight to the Falcons right now. Seahawks at nine, uh, Minnesota at 12. Um, Daigle and I on stream tomorrow at three o'clock, that's on Tuesday, are going to go through, I don't know, like five, six, seven different iterations of the top 10, just a bunch of if-then statements. Like, let's say 
if Jermaine Johnson goes at number four, what does that mean for the rest of the top 10? Um, hopefully you all tune into that. It's going to be, to me, a very informative stream because that's how I do mock drafts, right? It's all just if-then statements down and down and down the board. So uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. All right, Connor, we really brought you on to do some rookies and sophomores drafts. Um, why don't you hop into that? I'll pull it up here. It's about what, almost 90% full by this point, Hayden. Like, as we predicted... This might be our only prediction that hits during this draft season that uh, rookies and sophomores is going to fill after after Superflex filled. That filled on what, Feb, uh, Friday or Saturday. Um, and now, yeah, 85% rookies and sophomores is is almost out of here. Again, these are five to ten minute drafts. You're only drafting with three other people. You basically have to start one running back. It's only first and second year players. If you've never played on underdog, use promo code the show. There are no waivers. There are no trades. There's no lineup setting. Who cares about injuries? You just set it and forget it. You draft and your team is done. You get that little shot in the arm that you pick your team. It's beautiful. And then you collect your cash at the end of the year if it wins. So go and check out Rookies and Softwares. This closes on draft day. As soon as round one kicks off, we think it'll be filled up 15% to go in about three more days. So go and get in those. And if you want to draft right now against Connor, you can do that. Connor, just let me know when that one's full. Cool. Yeah, I hopped in there. Still some nice. spots left. Uh, real quick, and I think it's really relevant to this, Connor. What's your opinions on the quarterback market? It's sometimes at two and a half, sometimes at three and a half. Where do you kind of stand with them? Like, like I don't know, like five days ago, everybody's like, there's probably going to be three quarterbacks, maybe even four. I'm trying to find, I'm just like struggling to find landing spots for him. I think it's going to be two. It seems like there's no Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett teams until probably like the, around the teens. Maybe somebody trades up to like 12 or something like that. Where are you kind of out in that, in that market? Because I think that's going to actually dictate a lot of the strategy in rookies and sophomores. Yeah, no, I think that that's, uh, I think that now I'm actually on the same page, like fully with Josh, that I don't think that the Panthers pick Kenny Pickett at six. I don't think they pick yeah. a quarterback at six. Uh, so if he doesn't go there, I mean, I have a tough time picking a spot too. I mean, maybe the Saints, I mean, maybe further Steelers. down, yeah, like Steelers. I mean, long shot, you mentioned Titans today. I saw that. Yeah. I think that that's in play. But again, at the end of the day, like if we're struggling to find positions and places for the top two quarterbacks, like how are guys like Desmond Ritter and Matt Corral and Sam, yeah. I mean, Sam Howell's got to fight like to fit in. There's, I just think there's no way that all those guys fit in. I think that under three and a half is an awesome play. Uh, I mean, I would, I took a good position on that. Like early, I would probably Not even bad. consider laying some juice on it but um you know like i think two and a half makes it a little bit tougher because i think one of them could sneak in but i think it's very very unlikely yeah, both two. of them do. Yeah. yeah that's kind of crazy to me yeah and i think it's super relevant here because to me rookies and sophomores a game about quarterback scarcity what did last year's class what do they project like versus this year's class even if it is like malik wills to the titans which i that's what i currently have in my mock draft he wouldn't be playing this year behind ryan Tannehill. if malik wills is falling to like pick 20 and beyond that could easily be a red shirt year. And then you're just dealing with like Kenny Pickett versus Mac Jones and Trevor Lawrence. We all like last year's prospects. So for me, I'm still on the camp, just hammer two of those uh, top five quarterbacks from last year and don't uh, take um, this incoming rookie class. Maybe a little Davis mills here and there, maybe a little Kenny Pickett, but I'm, I'm just struggling to find landing spots for these quarterbacks. I think that a lot of them are going to be probably sitting for more than half the season. For sure. Draft, the draft just started, by the way. Um, I'm sitting in the fourth spot, so mm -hmm. I'm at the turn here. Boom. There we go. All right. The, cool. tur the turn is fascinating. I think this is your first rookies and sophomores draft, right, Connor? Like It is, yeah. The, the um, quarterbacks, as we just talked about. We just got bailed out. Yeah, perfect. Because Trey Lance just went. So Najee Harris here is is kind of yeah. I mean, a Najee seems... Harris quarterback turn is beautiful. 
Yeah, yeah, that's, that's typically the move. Grab one of the top three quarterbacks between Trey Lance, Justin Fields, and Trevor Lawrence, um, and then hope that Rogers. like a Zach yeah. Wilson, a Mac Jones, or a Davis Mills kind of rounds out your quarterback group. That's typically yeah. how I like it. I mean, I think you guys hit it pretty much on the head there. I mean, that's like, that seems like to be the best option here. Kind of. I mean, I'm surprised that I guess quarterbacks don't go a little higher. I don't know. I mean, is there? I'd be interested to see if like the advantages of like such a small quarterback pool kind of like going a little bit quarterback heavier i guess to start the draft um see if that like kind of out like the upside there outweighs kind of some of the risk or the opportunity cost but um, you know again i haven't done any research on that just yeah i think the interesting thing is it seems like there's a a very clear top three when it comes to the running backs and, and wide receivers if they go one two three then like do you go quarterback quarterback at this turn we got bailed out the reason why i said we got bailed out is because Najee harris falls he's clearly ahead of Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker and those types like right now, well, depending on landing spot. So then we just get Trevor Lawrence and we got the best of both worlds. But if those go one, two, three, that's when it's like, all right, do I go Trey Lance, Trevor Lawrence and do bully quarterback and then just win out with depth. Um, I typically like this first tier quarterbacks and then hopefully Mac Jones or Zach Wilson falls to us. You just don't want to be the team that is like reaching for, or not even reaching, but settling for two rookie quarterbacks later on like you you are just drawing mm-hmm. dead at that point yeah. unless something shocking happens yeah, um i'm sure go, going back to to your comment with with those teams that could be looking at uh at quarterbacks and namely the panthers connor i'm with you my only concern at number six now with the panthers is if evan neal now goes i don't know three icky goes at four or some combination of those or one goes at five, right? Both of those Giants. offensive linemen. What what do the Panthers do at six in that scenario? Will they take Charles Cross? Or I think if they do take a quarterback, it's going to be Malik Willis. I'm like totally out on them selecting Kenny Pickett at number six overall. But okay, maybe a reach there. But I took Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, let's I see. Totally fine. Uh, and then we got another one more pick here. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts on like Elijah Mitchell? Are you guys into that or not really? I mean, I think Etienne's fine. I would go but... quarterback personally. Yeah. Uh, like, oh, Justin Fields available. He yeah. d- usually doesn't fall this far. I think like that's right. just unique in itself. Let's roll then. Yeah. And then you can just never, dr- you don't have to draft another quarterback. Perfect. Oh, also Pano's in the stream. Fellow four for four guy. Love it. Let's he's on, he's in, the, in the draft. Yeah. And Casey Brown. Casey Brown's in here. Oh, I mean, wow. We, 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 oh, these man. are just friends, friends of the channel. <laughs> yeah i think it's super key in these because there's only so many players that are in this if you can find unique spots if somebody falls even if you don't like the evaluation you have to take it like there's just not that many teams that have those four just because justin fields does not typically drop from like eighth overall to 13th overall yeah that makes sense is that kind of your strategy too for the bigger drafts then as well just like really trying to differentiate yourself rather than I guess, pinpointing players. I know you wrote a big article on this, I think last year, right? Something like that. Um, yeah. So I think in when there's 12 uh, people in the draft and it's 18 or 20 rounds, there's it's already going to be unique. Your team's going to be unique. But in this, since there's only 48 players that are getting drafted and there's only so many quarterback options, there's going to be a lot of duplication here. So I think that whenever you can differentiate, you should. Like this was like the perfect example. The other one was like Isaiah Spiller kept falling and falling and falling in these drafts. And I understand why. But if half the the teams in this have Isaiah Spiller at 20th overall, if I'm getting him at 34th overall, you kind of just have to like that just because it's kind of a unique um, yeah. build. So I think that's like one of the key things is kind of throw out your evaluation just to find a little bit of uniqueness here. 
Let's see where Connor went. Uh, all right. I'm going with, uh, I went with London. Uh, Let's go. You know, yeah. A, a London Alave double dip here is, uh, is pretty spicy. Yeah. That'd be fun. Let's, let's Especially because, I mean, your first pick was Najee. You're banking on that. You only have to start one running back in these drafts every single week. And uh, continuing that just makes That's a good sense. point. Kind of maximize the volatility of the wide receiver position there. Because like the rest of these, I just have questions about. And obviously we don't know where Alave ends up, but like, mm, Tony, that seems uncertain. Love Rashad Bateman prior to last season. Jameson Williams. It might even be one of those situations where a team not take a red shirt per se, but like eases them along slowly. Um, George Pickens oh, yeah. is falling. Traylon Burks is falling in, in drafts. There's a there's a lot of weird things. I think one of my favorites now is Jahan Dotson. I feel like he's going to be the one yeah. that stays in the first round. There's like no red yep. flag in his profile. He seems like a good kid as well, and he he's a little hey. bit inside out uh, versatility hey, too. Here's a. Uh, Long shot, Nostradamus possibility. You ready? Let's do it. Let's hear it. Eagles have two first-round picks. The first one, they move up slightly ahead of the Baltimore Ravens for Jordan Davis. The second one, they move down a little bit after missing out on those top four wide receivers and take Jahan Dotson. Wow. I love it. I have Jameson Williams. Can we get an exacto for that, Connor? Can we get? Yeah. I mean, I'm. You can find it somewhere. In the next few days, I'll look out for you. <laughs> I have Jameson Williams somehow falling in my mock draft to the Eagles, and it seems like the Eagles love Jameson Williams. I've seen that written a couple times. So if, if they're moving up, I hope it's for for Jameson. They can play the long game. They clearly are already. Yeah, I think six and nine are both like pretty good move up spots there. I think Houston is also in play as well uh, potentially. But I think and, that all and if those Jordan kind of Davis spots. is the move up. Uh, Twelve makes a lot of sense with Minnesota. I mean, I've got no clue what to do with Minnesota, but uh, because again, if, if we were trying to project types. Of players, one of first year GM, that's difficult to do. But I really feel like Quezzy is going to follow the the path of Andrew Barry and only taking offensive tackles, corners, quarterbacks, and pass rushers. And that's it. And young. And, and young, not 23 years old. And so yeah. that part where you are at 12, that's like a barren wasteland. And maybe wide receiver enters that equation now, and maybe they take Jamison Williams there. So I wonder if Kayvon's oh, Ramondre this late. Holy cow. I love you. That. Love you. Okay, Josh, you need to clear this up. You always tweet, "I love Ramondre <laughs> Stevenson." You don't like. Yeah. You haven't told me exactly why. Like, what? What? <laughs> tell me on the Ramondre Stevenson. Well, I mean, one, I just we understand at least what we believe that Patriots' offense is going to be. I think it was very easy to steam up Ramondre prior to his rookie year because people just didn't believe Damian Harris was talented, right? And with Ramondre, he had to overcome the rookie running back stigma to get on the field. To me, he actually played more than I thought he would. And then when he got on the field as well, I thought he was electric. I thought he created big plays. I thought he was good in both the rushing and the receiving game. I understand James White's back in the fold here, but all of the negatives other than splitting time, which we know all these Patriots running backs are going to do. He doesn't have to overcome anything anymore. You know, like, I could listen to an argument that he outplays Damian Harris in the first five weeks of this upcoming season. Yeah. And if something happens to Damian, all systems go on the rushing yeah. front. So, yeah. All right. Uh, I think all of like the, the, the concerns we have for Ramondre heading into year two are already baked into where he's going. So, yeah, I'm just worried if he doesn't play passing downs, like what are we getting? But yeah, I think he's fine. I think he's fine. But didn't we like say that about Damian? And then he was, you know, they scored a ton of people touchdowns. win a million dollars. 
Yeah, I, I need to look into this more, and I, I'm I can't wait to see what the Patriots do in the draft. But I think the Patriots are one of the candidates to completely change their mm. offense. Trace Sermon, let's go, Connor Allen. Tell sell me on Trace Sermon, my boy. I think it's kind of the same. Well, not the same, but a similar story to uh, like Stevenson. You're kind of you're embracing like the volatility of the backfield because the upside, if they do whatever. Damien Harris gets hurt or Elijah Mitchell gets hurt or one of them outplays the other. I think in Stevenson's situation, that's probably a lot more likely, but regardless it could happen either way. And, you know, they ride the hot hand and they have a few good weeks. So I think that yep. that's, I mean, whatever, I guess eighth and 10th rounds. I think it's pretty solid. Same with Mechie. I think Mechie's going to come back. Like, I don't know, at least like at least play half the season, three quarters of the season could be worth it. I think the 49ers are another offense that or their, their offense could look, a little bit different and i would like i think move in the favor of tracer i think eli mitchell just had knee surgery uh, i think that just came knee out scope, today. i believe yeah did you did you see hayden with the patriots that it's going to be joe judge and matt patricia how could you not love that like <laughs> once former special teams coach and one defensive mind creating the offense i think it's gonna be belichick i don't i'm not sure how much i believe i feel like it's just belichick's gonna move back over uh really like josh palmer this late too as we say yeah, right a good now. pick all right, what's available? You guys have any good leans here? I mean, I, I mean, Alec I mean, Pierce. I like I Brian like Robinson as, as some running yeah. back three here at this point. Alec Pierce is interesting as a vertical player. Yeah, that's that's who I have on my board as well. So let's go with those guys. Robinson. Yeah, that makes sense. We'll roll with Pierce. Uh, I mean, Zamir White over Brian Robinson. I'm in Brian Robinson over Zamir White. What have like the thing, what if what <laughs> all the draft guides you've been reading, Hayden, with uh, Brugler and all that? Have you even been checking for where Brian Robinson's been going? No, I, I'm assuming Brian Robinson's going 128th overall. Like, I don't see him going much further or behind <laughs> or ahead of that. I did see he had a lot of visits. Yes, he did. I think he's going to fit. I mean, he fits every offense, basically. So I think that he's fine. I, I did see Rashad White and uh, Daniel Jeremiah's top 150 gave me a little bit uh, <laughs> of hope out there. Yeah, but then on this podcast, he said, oh, I ranked the top 130 players. And then the last 20 players, I didn't think were any good. And I had to put names in there, and Rashad White was one of them. I was like, "Fuck!" <laughs> um, I could totally see Brian Robinson taking on the Mar- the the Mark Ingram role with the Saints, because obviously what they tried to put out there with Alvin Kamara last year did not work. That's yep. like a a one two punch. Okay, let's quickly review this. Maybe talk some more draft news, whatever pops into our head uh, here in a moment. Um, okay, at the two spot with Eric. What's up, Eric? With the Snapback Jack, headband. Um, his two quarterbacks are Desmond Ritter and Mac Jones. Drawing dead, possibly. If 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 one of the if Trey Lance has a good season, this team's dead. Like that's like the one wild card in all these drafts is if Trey Lance hits his peak, it's over. You know, if you didn't have Trey Lance, I don't think that these other quarterbacks have quite the ceiling that he has. And so mm. a bet on Ritter and Mac Jones is definitely a bet against uh, Trevor <laughs> Lawrence and Trey Lance. Oh yeah. Little nervous about Travis Etienne season after talking with John Shipley, Connor. Um, it just seems like they're not well. Obviously, it's a different coaching staff, but even heading into last year when he was uh, Urban Meyer's guy, like James Robinson was going to be the starter no matter what. So, yeah, I mean, just a lot, of, a lot of uncertainty there. Yeah, tons of uncertainty. So I, I almost think, I mean, it could be good that they have a new coaching staff. Like it's yeah. definitely good that they have a new coaching staff, but at the same time, we haven't really seen anything from Etienne. So I don't know. I guess it's an interesting, volatile pick. Uh, Hayden, any other comments here before we move on? Um, yeah, I mean, I think all those picks, like Isaiah Spiller, Kenny Gainwell, James Cook, like 
the the rookie running backs like i think just fire i, I like going like how we have anchor running back in these and then yep. just fire don't i don't like second into six round picks on running backs i would rather wait and hopefully you just hit the nuts with brian robinson because we don't know who rb3 is really nice okay love that all right let's go back to cool draft talk um <laughs> let, let, let's bring up even where we are with number one um I think Connor for weeks, you've been on Trayvon Walker at number one. Um, I was there in my mock draft last week. Uh, I think Hayden came around to it. And then now it's nationally, because again, I think we forget this. The three of us are like so narrowed, like so focused on all this news that maybe we shouldn't read too much into like when the national people like catch up to it per se. Um, like I even saw some Jacksonville <laughs> fans when Peter King mentioned that it's going to be a surprise at number one, them thinking, well, Trayvon Walker wouldn't be a surprise. So it can't be him or like, it might not be him now. But like, to me, that's looking at the tree through the forest of like, oh, well, you guys just have known that this was a possibility for a while. And nationally Trayvon Walker would be a surprise, at least where we're sitting here right now. Yeah, I mean, like a, a surprise to uh, to us is like Jameson Williams at number one. You know what I mean? Like a surprise yeah, right. to like anyone else is like Trevon Walker, you know, because everyone yeah. thought it was going to be Aiden Hutchinson. Everyone in the big media has been talking about it. Well, at least mostly it's been like kind of like, you know, probably going to be Aiden Hutchinson. Most mock drafts kind of went there originally. And then now it's like at least last week or so has been a pretty consistent drumbeat of Trayvon Walker. And I think that's actually kind of what helps me sell me on this kind of stuff is that I hear through the grapevine of like, oh, you know, it's going to be Trayvon Walker. Like, you know, here's the reasons why, blah, blah, blah. And I'm, you know, I put a little bit of stock into it, but it's not something I go like all in on. But then when it starts, you like, I guess two weeks ago, we started hearing Peter Schrager mention it. And then, you know, some other big media started being like, well, you know, it might not be Hutchinson. And then you heard nothing good about Hutchinson for like a week and a half, like right. just nothing. Like no links to the Jags, nothing besides big media just being like, oh, he's, a good, he's a good player. Yeah, which is fine. But I think what matters more is there's nothing said about him by the Jags. So I don't know. Just it's, I think it's part of the process and kind of how we you know develop the information. Yeah, yeah I think, Josh, you, you summed it up when you, you were saying like the national guys, they're going to get us like in the right direction of like how to like rank these players generally. But the actual beat reporters are going to have a better feel of the exact uh, pick now, like damn, damn Jeremy at the same time, like real, he'll get the Ravens pick, right? Uh, he might get the jets pick, right? So it's important to, to pay attention, but the people really close to the, to the teams kind of the, the highest of importance to me. And if I can be honest, there's a lot of conversation and comments that like, Oh, this is smokescreen week. I think it's our job to like sift through that. You know, I just don't want to, comment or react to everything that's said this week as, Oh, it's just a smoke screen. We need to ignore it because as we just mentioned at the top of the show, this past weekend is when all the scouts, all the coaches are in these rooms and they stack the board. People like to talk when they have information, you know, and especially scouts who know that their job is done. Now they have information that no one else does. They don't get a say in who gets drafted. They are not decision makers who make decisions on who is on the team and who is not. These scouts like to talk to people. They get relationships with beat writers. Like they see them, they do all that stuff. So like, I am not against information that we get now on Tuesday, on Wednesday. It's honestly on us to sift through it and find out what can be real and what can be not. And we got to remember, these are scouts from the worst organization 
in American <laughs> sports. They are not like the highest level scouts, and like they, these are the organizations picking at the top of the draft. So yeah, I think like the most of the reports, I believe, like not a hundred percent, but like I'm more likely to believe it than not believe it. Like it doesn't mean like this Jermaine Johnson's for sure going to fourth overall, but like yes, I'm moved his odds up to being the fourth overall pick a ton uh, based off of this news. Yeah, I, I also, I mean, this year's a little bit different than years past, right? Because there's no well, quarterbacks. Sucks, there's no Let's quarterbacks at the top, right? So, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just way different. So, like, you know, I mean, blowing smoke now is just not quite as effective or useful right. in years past because, like, you know, everyone is talking about, oh, every, all these teams want to trade down, all these teams want to trade down, when in reality there's, like, what, maybe one, two teams who really want to trade up? Like, maybe? Yeah. I mean, I, it just doesn't really seem like a year that there needs to be that much smoke because most teams are just going to be able to kind of sit in and take the guy that they want. Yeah, I still think that there's not that many good draft picks. So if a team likes a team, they kind of kind of like prepare people like, hey, no, Jermaine Johnson's actually worthy of like a top five pick. Let's throw his name out there. Same thing with like if they go one of these linemen, Trayvon Walker. That's like that press conference when they were talking Trayvon Walker. Like eventually I was like, okay, they're probably just trying to sell people that Trayvon Walker was worthy of this pick and that Hutchinson's like a good player, but nothing too special. So I think very unique draft this year for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I say this every single show. But it makes me realize how easy to predict last year was. Not to, you know, oh, yeah. throw under the bus what I did last year. What we did last year, excuse me. Um, but there were 13 names that could go in top 10. And we legitimately knew what the top three was going to be. We knew then also what four was going to be with the Bengals, what six was going to be with the Dolphins. Like it it, it was so much easier than, than sitting here right now. Like I went back, Connor, and looked at my one week out mock draft last year. And I got eight correct, including the top six, right? I don't think I'll get eight correct this year. <laughs> I, I mean, hey, I said that over under at seven and a half and you yelled at me. I had because I'm going to get 11 correct this year. That's I'm what's going to happen with that line. I mean, you better because I, I was talking you up on some radio show and, and I mean, they were in, in Canada and they were flabbergasted that you got so many, right? Like they, I mean, they're not quite as plugged in and they were just like in shock that you got as many right as you did. And, you know, people were furiously finding you. So, I mean, you, you crushed it last year, but I think you're right. It was like, I had those three, four, five exactas were awesome. I mean, where those were just straight up money. I, I like whatever Lance Pitts, chase were yeah. just, I mean, that, that was a great time to be alive. Now, hopefully you're running it back this year, you know. Connor, do you I, have I, a I got a few DMs line? from people, and I won't I won't uh say who they were, but like that they were just like, Hey, I'm indebted to you because you paid off my mortgage for this, this month. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I get nothing from it. I was in I was in the the Slack on underdog on, on Friday and just trying to get people because at that time, again, uh Trayvon Walker was plus money, plus mm-hmm. money to go number one. It's like plus two hundred, plus one seventy five. I was like, Go, go now. I cannot do this. And uh at least it's you know. Not plus money anymore. Could we just like as a preview to tomorrow's show, could we kind of go the top five? Like we were yep. building out a mock draft right now. Like what are like kind of the the way we're looking at is like Trayvon Walker, about like 80% chance of going first, 60%, some somewhere in that range. I, that I would put it 75%. At? Yeah. Okay. I mean, then what would you put like like icky at? I guess just like like 75, like I mean 20% icky, like no, I mean, no, maybe no, less no. 10%. I mean I, I would put it at one percent icky. One percent icky? Wow, okay. I mean, and then I think, what, I think the it's rest almost certainly between Trayvon and Aiden Hutchinson. All right. Yeah, so Hutchinson. you still think Hutchinson's got a chance? Yes. I do too. I do too. I think it's like, I would go like 65, 60% Trayvon, maybe 65%, and then like the rest even between Icky and Hutchinson. I think that Hutchinson still has a chance. I, As dumb as this sounds, on some level, I think Khan wants to make some type of splash to the degree you can in this draft. 
And I don't think offensive line is a splash at all. Like, I mean, yeah. that guy would be playing guard. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. fair. And they're trying to sign. I, I, I see it the other Moore way. Here, I can so. see. I can see. Yeah, I, mean, I hope that happens early, and then we can like that would be Just, a pretty yeah. big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do. I kind of saw it the other way with like Hutchinson being the safe play. Like they swung for the fence at quarterback. They drafted Caleb on Chase on. They like spent all this money on on Cam Robinson again. Like they're making a bunch of risky moves. Christian Kirk a huge contract. I feel like if they're like all right, let's play it safe for like one of these things. Like the last two years has been chaos. They hired Urban Meyer. I wonder if the owner's like, let's uh, not make a mockery of ourselves and just pick like the consensus top player. So, right. We'll but I, I think almost on the, on the other hand, like if, you know, if he kept bulky, like you mentioned at the top of the show over hiring basically that new regime, uh, I mean, it would take a serious him like stepping in, like the ownership stepping in and being like, we're not picking that guy. Like we were picking Correct. Aiden Hutchinson. And so I guess you're kind of looking like, what are the odds of that? You know, uh, and I mean, after he kept bulky, I think they're a little bit lower than we kind of thinking. But I mean, maybe not. Maybe he's just like likes having bulky there. And, you know, I don't I don't really know much about the guy personally, but I, I just can't imagine any other reason you'd want to have him there if you're going to kind of take the pick from him. Like if you already kind of like sold out of a new regime that looked like had a more potential than Trent Bulky, at least that's what yeah. I thought. Yeah. Or Connor, what if- I, know you, I know you saw this this morning. Um, I was chatting with Will Brinson and he mentioned these pictures to me or this art, these articles from 2014 yes. where uh, Trent Baalke, <laughs> quote, I like long arms. And then, I mean, th- this whole section reads as if like, man, 34 inches is a threshold for him. Let's not forget that um, Aiden Hunderson is a seventh percentile arm length and Trayvon Walker is 95th percentile. I wrote down exactly what they were. Um, where are they? There are so many small, like little narratives that kind of fit into this too. That I mean, like again, 33 and an eighth, I think Aiden is, and then yeah. Trayvon's like 36 and three eighths or something or and a half. So, like, it's not even close. And if this is a critical factor for you, then Trent Balky wants to continue to make his case. I, I think that is what he's doing. Like, he is just making his case and is needing to do it in that, in that room. So, I think it just okay. kind of d- depends if, if, if Balky is the actual decision maker, like I wonder if if Khan saw the reports of us clown, clowning the Jaguars for staying with him and then ruining free agency. If he says enough already, I, I'm pulling the trigger on this guy. So that's like no, the only thing that. But the the other part of this market. conversation is I don't think they dislike the other one. You know, I think they have high grades on both. It's just like we have the number one pick, we have to pick the one. You know, like if they were the number two pick and the other one fell to them, I'm sure they'd be happy with it. So yeah. it is it is who is making the decision. Okay. Then we kind of get to, and again, this is a preview for tomorrow's show. Go and watch that with me and Daigle. We're going to have a lot of fun with this. Uh, we want to pick Hayden and Connor's brain here. Detroit at two. I understand there's been a lot of Thibodeau smoke, Connor, but I just feel like that's because we haven't gotten a lot of Aiden Hutchinson um, news or possibilities of him being the number two pick for a while. Yeah, I think it's, for me, I'm a little bit closer to like, I don't know, maybe 60-40 Hutchinson, just because I still think there's an outside chance at Thibodeau. Um, but, you know, I think it's probably th- I think it's probably uh, Hutchinson here if he's still on the board. I mean, just from an outsider's perspective, he fits like everything that they could possibly want. Fits yeah. the needs, fits like their defense, fits culture, fits like, like if you could imagine a perfect like Dan Campbell player, like he is exactly what I would imagine. So, um, yeah, I, I think that it's tough to imagine him not going there. But again, like all, all the all the... <laughs> The steam, you know, just like with Thibodeau kind of scares me. Do you, do you ever, and maybe I'm just an idiot with all this stuff, but do you ever sit there and like imagine what draft night would be like if a certain pick is made? 
Like, imagine, okay, after what the months and months have been with Aiden Hutchinson, who has his own show, you know, if he doesn't get one, and then number two, the Lions select Kayvon Thibodeau over him, the local guy with all those connections. I mean, the absolute meltdown and chaos and carnage that would happen. I, I, I sometimes imagine that is just how fun that would be. So oh, I, absolutely. That's what, that's what I, I did do a little bit. So I have played a little bit of like Hutchinson to go with number three overall at like 50 to one, 60 to one, yeah. because I mean, it's, I, it's definitely better than that, those odds of it happening, uh, especially yeah. if we know that or like are pretty confident that it's not Hutchinson at one. So yeah. Yeah. Um, th- this is an interesting one. Hayden, can you comment on this at all with Wilson yeah. too? Yeah. Um, Adam Schefter, Todd McShay, and Albert Breer in their post that they posted today all said that it would be Aiden Hutchinson and that Malik Wills is not like in, in the range of outcomes. So I think that they can, I think that they, even if they like Malik Willis, I feel like Aiden Hutchinson would have a higher grade and then they have the draft capital. If they really did like Malik Willis, they can trade up to pick 10 or whatever. They've got 32 and, and 34. If they want to, if they want yeah. to. So I, I don't buy Malik here. Um, We'll throw yeah. this out there. I was listening to a, and I'm on his show tomorrow, Charles Robinson's Twitter spaces. And we're talking about eight with the Atlanta Falcons. He thinks like they regret heavily not investing in quarterback last year with how things have unfolded, you know, like they couldn't have projected basically believing that they had Deshaun Watson until waking up the next day and they didn't. Then Matt Ryan, you know, how that unfolded. And while we haven't seen that link that often, um, it wouldn't be totally shocking to see Ada at Atlanta be the first quarterback off, but I have no read, no read on what that could be right now. I have a counter to that though. Love it. They basically, they didn't completely agree to, or they, I think they agreed to it in principle that re uh, restructure to Matt Ryan's contract before the trade and Deshaun reports came out. If that's the case, that means they were building around him for the next two seasons, which probably tells me that they are grades in the quarterbacks for this class. Right. were bad. And they, they would have agreed to that if not, for the Deshaun Watson complete meltdown. So I think, I think I'm still holding on to that. Cause that's like not fully putting their mouth or money where their mouth is, but it's as close as you get. And yeah. I'm just putting some more stock into that. I think that's a great, that's a great look. I mean, yeah, they, they're also their needs at other positions is just like massive. Like you can't build a team right now around any of these quarterbacks. Like, you know, they have just yeah. nothing. I mean, they have nothing to build around them. So I mean, dude, Connor, it's, it's why three and eight are so difficult is because it's just have so many needs. Like typically you look at immediate needs and then what a future need could be based on, you know, getting rid of a contract of a declining player. And then three and eight just leave you. There's a hundred different ways that they could go. And then the positions fit all those like peaks at that point too. So yeah. Um, wide receiver keys brought getting brought up with, with eight, but Connor, you know, this, all of all of them are different. So then yeah. like, it's not just, Oh, it's a big body or a speed guy. Like we don't know which one they, they, they might want. And actually, if you look, if you ask me with the Falcons, I know Drake London's being mentioned there a lot because of size, 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 Cal Pitts is going to play outside like on 40 to 50% of the snaps. I bet this year, like legitimately oh, yeah. wide receiver stuff. Um, we all believe probably that Drake London is much more than just a big body. Like he can win at multiple levels, but I don't know about having both of them on the exact same team. It, it yeah. depends if they have like have Drake London as like a big slot though, you know, where it's a little bit different of a role. I'm not sure. So you're just going to have he. And so one time Drake <laughs> London's big slot and then the next snap Kyle Pitts is big slot and the well, other guy's big body on the outside. Right. Rotate them, figure it out right. later. We, well, we always say speed could be is I feel like finding Jalen Guyton just to throw out there. I feel like it's, 
relatively easy. It's hard to find like somebody that that size that can move yeah. like Drake London. This is a pretty funny moment on the Twitter space I just referenced with Charles Robinson. Um, I believe these Evan Neal medicals were through Walter Football. Um, both Charles and Eric Edholm said that they talked to people today about all the offensive tackles, and none of them mentioned Evan Neal medicals as being an issue. So oh, really? take that for what you want. No one – they. They didn't hear it at all. So if I don't know where the source is coming from here, other than I think they it was read on Walter Football, but they could not corroborate if I'm using Pitch. that word correctly. Uh, yeah. uh, red flags with that. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I mean, also, I mean, his his actually is over. Just got a ton of steam to like while we're midstream here. Uh, I mean, oh. his over on on DraftKings went from like even at five and a half to minus two oh five on the over at five and a half. So, I mean, people are buying into that. I mean, whether it means anything or not, I think at this point, uh, probably not. It seems like they probably just read that and it's kind of going around and people are steaming the over because I, I again, I trust, like you said, Charles Robinson and uh, some of those guys are a little bit more plugged in than uh, Walter. Fuller I'll ask again tomorrow. Knows. How about that? I'll ask again <laughs> Whoever tomorrow. has a website that doesn't look like it was made in 2006, that's where yeah, I well, hey. <laughs> Windows 99 or whatever. Yeah. Roto World looked like that for a while. So how, how, can, how can we talk? Um, okay. Houston at three. Connor, do you have a lean? Um, I mean, just off the top of my, I would, I would go sauce, but I, I think that Neil, I think Neil is fine too. I, I think it's like, I those would be the two that I'd be going between right now. Yeah, and Stingley, I, that's the name that I keep hearing too. I've heard, I've seen, I've seen that written down a couple times. It would be a surprise to me, but I've heard of crazier things. Now sure. I'll throw this out there. I know at least one team, let's say picking from. 10 to 25 that has Stingley by far as the number one corner on their board. So that leaves it in the realm of possibility that other teams are like that. Now, is that one picking three, you know, could they have that possibly? So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, I wonder what his, his odds uh, are at three. They gotta be what, like plus 600 or something like that. Um, if you can get, if you can get find crazy odds, Stingley. On Stingley, yeah, I think, I think if you can find crazy, it's not like plus 500, like crazier beyond that. I think I have some interest. I forget who wrote that down, but it was McShay or Daniel Jeremiah. One of those, one of those had that uh, um, sauce or that Stingley is ranked really high by the Texans. Yeah, I, I grabbed uh, some Walker, Hutch, Stingley, uh, like trifectas at forty to one, uh, like whatever, like yesterday, just because of this hype. I mean, I think it's again, it's possible, you know, like whatever. Put twenty five bucks to win a grand, you know. It's, I think it's more than worth just kind of throwing it out there. Uh, it's a long so, shot draft this year, I think for sure. Is. Finding those crazy exactas, I think, is a good play. Right, because I think we're pretty confident in the one two spot. So three, I mean, just throw Are a few, few darts there. You know. <laughs> Are we? I mean, look, these next two days really need to line up perfectly <laughs> for for me to be confident in anything. Um, Jets at four. I think we covered that really well. Then we have the Giants at five. Um, Okay, let's take off the table this Evan Neal possible injury and how those odds all changed, right? Um, with what is being mentioned right now, with Evan Neal potentially to Houston at three, and then if I'm reading, which I'm too much, into that Connor Hughes statement of, hey, if he's off the board at four, then it's Jermaine Johnson. I also think that Evan Neal is very much in play at four with the Jets. Then we get to five. And it's Evan Neal, Icky, and I would even say Charles Cross. And right now, Connor, I don't know how they would rank them. You know, like because like that right tackle experience is really important. Evan Neal has that, and they're trying to get Charles Cross to that. And Icky does not have that. 
No. Yeah, I, I think that it's probably, I mean, we've heard at least kind of the rumors of Ben Charles Cross is like their top offensive lineman. Uh, and I think that that's very much in play here at five. He obviously, you know, has over 1,200 snaps in pass protection and like an air raid offense, Mike Leach. So a, lot of a big different, like kind of a different offensive lineman compared to a guy like Evan Neal. So I think it kind of depends on like, how do you guys think that the Giants are going to play this year? You know, like, are they going to be like airing it out? Uh, I mean, I personally don't know. I, I just like, you know, but I think that that's kind of the, a different way to look at it is like, if he fits better than like what we're projecting them to do, then I think you can certainly make a case for Cross. Uh, at five, also him to be like the first offensive lineman taken too. I think there's some scenarios there where maybe Icky and Neil fall out of the top five and crosses the first one that goes at five. But again, that's a little bit more of a long shot as well. That's like closer to like nine to one, ten to one. I like Evan Neal of the Giants personally. We had Jordan Renan said that he believes that Neil would be the favorite. Um, and then Evan Neal has uh, left guard and right tackle experience. And specifically, they're not moving um andrew thomas from left tackle he's shown the nfl that he can play that position so i think what they're looking for is an actual right tackle evan neal's the one that has that out of the top uh, i don't think that charles cross ever played there um so and evan neal brian dayball used to coach at alabama there's like a clear pipeline i think evan neal's like the consensus 1a or 1b in this class if you look at uh i think mcginn had that and i think that jordan renan also had that um, so I, I think that Evan Neal to five makes a ton of sense. I've seen that Charles Cross is well liked, but the reports that I was reading was that they know that uh, the Giants like Cross. They have not been able to confirm that they like him more than Evan Neal. So I think just looking at the consensus, I like Evan Neal. I think I like Evan Neal fifth overall more than I like a bunch of these picks. If I had like pick <laughs> one team to one pairing, I think like Evan Neal to the Giants I like that a would lot. be like towards the top of my like rankings. Yeah. Or Evan yeah. Neal, the Panthers. I, I bet he's the number one tackle for the Panthers too. Would be, yeah, I guess. Yep. Yeah, I think right now you're looking at if you wanted to get that exact one. I mean, he is plus three eighty, so plus four hundred. I think that's actually not a bad look there. If you want to, I mean, again, I, I think kind of littering your portfolio with these kinds of like long shots is probably better. covering your eyes it's until the only each way. one rolls in. If, if you said I have a favorite, he's minus three hundred. I'm like, get the hell away! From <laughs> yeah. you I don't care what it is. Uh, um. Okay. Do we want to hit anything else? I mean. I just pulled these up really quickly and these might be outdated by now. And again, it's uh, I have a better way of looking up these. You might have a better one. Um, oh, these just, they just pull. They pull. No. Here, here we go. That's number one. Boom. Um, the one that stuck out to me was Arnold Epichetti over under 31 and a half. Uh, I really like the under, I know there's a, couple teams that are viewing him as like that next edge after Jermaine Johnson. And as we've talked about a lot, it is really, really difficult to put, let's say linebackers and place them with these mock drafts because teams that need linebackers do not draft linebackers in round one or and early a lot of on. depth at linebacker off ball linebacker out of all the positions, probably the right. deepest on like day two. I, the more I do this, the more and more I, I realize that there are certain teams that have gotten to the point where they only take premier positions in round one and Arnold Ebiketti as an edge rusher. I mean, I just don't see how he makes it out of round one with that. See, I actually saw that in your latest, your one of your latest mock drafts with Ebiketti. I mean, originally I like took a, admittedly took a small position on the over because, you know, among the sharp mock drafts that I had, you know, tabulated at the time, he was just in there like 10% of the first round yeah. uh, and had, didn't really get much first round buzz. Then I saw him in your mock and was like going to reach out and be like, Hey, like, what have you heard? Cause this is like way higher than anyone had had him at this point. Um, and so, 
yeah, I guess that at this point I would definitely lean towards the under because I mean, when kind of like doing research on him too, he seems like he's, you know, at least a viable role player to start like kind of right off the bat, especially in pass rush. So, um, yeah, I, I think that that probably lean under at this point. I might, I'll probably actually be getting off of my position on, on the over to be honest. And then this I, Jordan Davis one, I don't know if this has moved Hayden, but like 15 and a half. I mean, I truly think that the Eagles and the Ravens are going to wrestle it out for, for Jordan Davis. Because if you look at two established general managers with process, they want to draft in the trenches and they love rare players, just ones that are uncommon and different because they understand this is the only way to get them, especially with the Eagles with two first round picks. Yeah. Again, a small move up for Jordan Davis. It wouldn't, even though he's very different than the typical interior defense element they take. And then obviously Jeremiah has mocked Jordan Davis, the Ravens all the time. And like, that seems like his absolute latest. He's going to stay on the board. Yeah. Daniel Jeremiah on that conference call that he had with the media, he said that he would be, or he can't see Jordan Davis passing the Ravens. And then Todd McShay also said that he would be shocked if he passes by 14th overall, not even 15th overall. I think that the Eagles would have a lot of interest in, in him as well. So I think like his true over under probably should be closer to like on a 12 and a half. And then like you, where you have yep. like the Texans and like those teams would be on the overplay. But I think that 15 and a half is a little, a little too late. Yeah. I mean, it opened up like earlier. I had opened up at like 12, I think. And you know, at that point, I guess like the lean was towards the over because of the teams you mentioned don't pick till after that. Now you're getting both the Eagles and the Ravens uh, in that 14, 15 range. I was kind of been getting a little greedy waiting for it to hopefully get up to 16, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be playing oh. the under 15 and a half as well. Logan Hall. Have you, I don't know if you can find this one. Connor, sorry to keep you for longer. If you need to hop <laughs> off, hop off. No, no. As long as we, I, I can talk about draft props for at least another hour or so until my next stream starts. Uh, 37 <laughs> and a half for, for Logan Hall. There is a ton of buzz linking him to round one. Packers, Chiefs, Bengals. And then here we also get in play, you know, the first three or four picks of round two as well. Give me that Logan yeah. Hall under at 37. So right now, actually, we're able to get 36 and a half, but plus 115 on the under. So I think that's actually better. You're buying a pick, getting the plus money, to be honest. So uh, I think that's a good look. That's over at DK right now. I love that one. Um, could you scroll back up? There was like Nicobe Dean at 30 and a half. There's a bunch of uh, concerns with size and injuries, plus the, the off-ball linebacker spot. And I think that if he was going round one, it would be like 32 to the Lions. But I feel like they they were mentioned with like Quay Walker. I think that right. Kobe Dean's a candidate to fall out of round one as well. Like I, I would rather, I think that Ebiketti has a better chance of going to Kobe Dean at this point. Uh, quick word to uh, Brian Broadus and Dane Brugler for years. Don't directly say it. Eventually they do. But love to hint around the Dallas Cowboys and what they might do. Both in the last 48 hours have mentioned Kenyon Green and uh, Zion Johnson as two real, real, real possibilities. And they might have to choose between one or or the other. But Zion right now is over-unders at 24 and a half. It seems like his medical is completely clean, yeah. but he's only a guard. Meanwhile, Kenyon Green is at 27 and a half. That medical is questionable, but I know that some teams might have him off, but others will not. Like some teams are going to have him on the board and the Cowboys have not been nervous of taking that type in the past and they obviously need starting spots at multiple positions and not just a guard that zion johnson is yeah, yeah i like zion one. johnson i like zion johnson I, i'm worried about kenyon green deandre went on tv like there's not even on his podcast on tv said he's worried about green's medicals so oh yeah that's that's tough i know i mean what about i think Traylon burks is in play for them too i could see that's i yeah. mean it's a very much a jerry jones kind of arkansas uh, both yeah, with arkansas. Ex exactly i, I would lead a, a 
offensive line unless Jerry, but he's gotten to the point at times like when I'm, we're taking <laughs> oh, the wide receiver. We're, we're Dude, he uh, Trailenbergs is the classic I mean. first round Cowboys. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll make it work, right? Look, we'll right. just put up that play against Alabama. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, I think that's it. I think that's it. Um, yeah, I wish I knew first wide receiver off the board, man. Like that would, Connor. What no is the idea. one thing you want to know here in the next forty eight hours? Oh, or man. Hayden. I would, I would love to know, like, I would, I guess the, we'll start with num- pick number one. I would love to know who makes the decision-making, like who has the final say in the Jags draft. I, I, I have a, I think I have a pretty good read that we will know number one by Wednesday, like yeah. by the end of day Wednesday. Mm-hmm. If I had anything, it'd be second overall, because if it's Trayvon Walker, Aiden Hutchinson, then I know what happened first overall. So I'm going to go <laughs> with that and then figure out uh, the rest later. That's, that's next level thinking right there. I think you got me beat. So that's. <laughs> Makes yeah. sense. Three, eight, all that stuff. All right. Um, Connor, I know you have another stream tonight talking more draft props. It's with Joey Kanish. It's with some guy named Evan. Silva. Oh, Kanish knows the here. Lions pick. He he has to know the Lions pick. Kanish. <laughs> I have been seriously like messaging Kanish like every day and he will not give me. He, <laughs> Kanish bats like a hundred in information markets, like doesn't miss. Like he is straight up like, yes. I mean, the other stuff is questionable, but you know, like the information markets, <laughs> he is incredible and he will not give me anything this year. So I'm hoping he kind of like lets it out on our stream tonight. Uh, move the line. Uh, we have Silva, Kanish, me, Daigle, Noonan. Uh, so it should be a good time. It's always one of my favorite shows. Uh, probably just you know, kind of hang around, hang out, talk some draft props for an hour or so. Love that. I'll be tuning in. It's always, it's always like, uh, it's always a good time. You get, you all give each other some, uh, some <laughs> good shit. We appreciate well it. Um, chaos. Yeah, it is chaos. All of you again, rookies and sophomores is going to end here pretty soon. It's going to fill up. Go and do that. You saw it took five, seven, ten minutes. Like we always say, if you're about to get a root canal, you're waiting in the dentist office, like in the waiting room. Go and play a rookies and sophomores draft. And make it feel a lot better. Okay. Um, Connor, appreciate you. You can check out his Twitter feed. It's down in the description below. As you all can tell, the man is a sicko when it comes to draft props. He's going to pay off his mortgage tenfold this month with all these exactas he's going to hit. So go <laughs> and uh, check out what he's going to be putting out there over these next 72 hours. And be sure, subscribe down below. We have a ton of individual draft videos and all these prospects ton of longer shows. We have another one coming at you tomorrow at three o'clock with me and Daigle going through 27 different iterations of how the top 10 can go. That's it. Oh, just luck. And we've got a draft stream for the first round. Everyone does. All I can promise you (laughs) is that I think Twitter is like a really important space for consuming the draft and like being with all of your friends. We will have the Twitter feed on the show And we're going to have all of our friends that we have accumulated over the years via Twitter that a lot of them I've never even met um, popping in and out for their favorite team and reacting to it live. So it's going to be fun, booze filled, informative as well, but uh, just entertaining. So hopefully you all are with us. That's starting around 730, 745 on Thursday. Hey, you got to hit everything. I will buy at least three people pizza on that stream as well, (laughs) if that matters to you. There we go. We're going to give away some free stuff. All right. Connor, thank you for your time. Appreciate you guys. Thank you guys for having me on. This is great. All right. Talk to you all soon, specifically 3 o'clock tomorrow. See ya.